I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 367. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week's song was a request from my listener, Catherine. She said they sing Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham in church and even gave me a few places in scripture she was planning to explore on her own as inspired by the song. Amazing. I hope this happens to you too. I hope you can link scripture to the music you're listening to. It's such a powerful connection. But if you're not there yet, you can just follow along with me each week and we'll walk through it together. I can't wait to dive into scripture inspired by this song that Catherine shared. So before we get started, let's listen. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my head lifted high. Oh. this song on repeat, I had a particular account in the Old Testament in mind. We've spent some time in this story before on episodes 151 and episode 305. But when I watched the story behind the song on YouTube and Phil Wickham himself said he was thinking of the account in 2 Chronicles 20, my decision was made. We'll stick with this account in 2 Chronicles 20 this week. Now, I'll link to the song story video in this week's show notes found at michellenizat.com forward slash 367. If you are a current subscriber to my website, that link is already ready and waiting for you in your inbox. And so if you want to have that luxury for yourself, just submit your name and email address at michellenizat.com and I will conveniently email you the show notes with live links every Monday morning. Now, Phil Wickham did something in his story behind the song. He referenced Second Chronicles 20 and then basically recapped the story in his own words. This is actually a bite, a Bible interaction tool exercise that I have used in the past. Now, I share with you my bites, my Bible interaction tool exercises every week to help you uh, take a bite out of scripture. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but I it does. It's just my daily habits. It's my weekly habits that I use to stay um, um, in God's word and keep my time in God's word buried. But this bite that Phil Wickham used that I'm talking about is called storying. And it's so powerful. Now, storying is where you practice telling the story until you're comfortable with it. And then you share that story. You strike up conversations around the details of the story. And if you're intentional, you can point the person that you're talking to to the gospel message. Now, this practice takes practice. And one way I've done this in the past is to practice it in a small group Bible study where we would 
tell the story in a round table style. So for example, we were studying the book of Ruth, which happens to be a a short story. It's um, just a few chapters. And one person would start the story and then the next person would share another detail of that story and so on and so forth until the entire story had been told. But even if you don't have a group of friends to practice with, you can still do this. You'll just have to learn the whole story yourself and then eventually use the bite of sharing with a friend. Now, trust me when I tell you that it will change the way you study this scripture. When you have to repeat the story, especially when you do it in your own words, you pay attention in a different way. I actually think in a better way because you're letting the word get in you and then get through you. And then you can use the song to inspire you to remember what you've learned when, when. So let's talk about what's going on in Second Chronicles 20. The first thing we need to do is to take the bite of reading the entire story in context. Now you might be, and in this case, you can get that whole story in this one chapter, chapter 20. Now you might be tempted to hone in on phrases like, So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. That was a good one, right? Or Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the one who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Love that. Or we can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. I could use that one. Uh, Or how about this one? We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. I love that one so much. I actually made it the memory verse resource for this week. Um, How about this one? Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Huh. Wonder if that's how we got inspiration for our song. Yes, it is. Uh, The link to our song. Uh, How about this one? You will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. How about this one? Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. I love that. And then one final one. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. I could use rest on every side sometimes, right? So all of that is in chapter 20. And some of it is just so tweetable. Like I can just see the Instagram posts now. And I'm not mocking the scripture. Trust me, I just know that it has so much more for us in the whole than little bits and pieces at a time. And there are also greater and more difficult lessons to learn here as well than just the exciting ones that seem um, easy to tweet or to recap in an Instagram post. So we'll get to all of that. But for now, let me give you a recap of what's going on here in Second Chronicles chapter 20. We have a king, Jehoshaphat, and he's faced with a national crisis. There are three kingdoms joining together to attack his nation, and he was warned that this was going to happen by some men, is what scripture says. And so listen in verse three, how he responds. It says, then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And then this is how the nation responded in verse four. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Ah, so we have a national crisis and a leader who is afraid. Uh, He's not being cavalier in the face of real danger. And so he chooses to set his face to seek the Lord. In the midst of his fear, he calls upon his people to join him with unity And these are just some of the good takeaways. If you are a leader in crisis or if you ever find yourself a leader in crisis, fight your fear through seeking the Lord and recruit others 
to join you in the effort. <laughs> All right. But I digress. All right. So then in verses 5 through 12, we read his prayer, King Jehoshaphat's prayer, that he verbally prays out loud for others to agree with him in prayer. It's a great prayer that you could add, analyze on your own and break out those individual elements to consider. But the basic gist of the prayer is that he's praising God for how great he is and reminding him of his promises to his people. And Jehoshaphat also reminds God why these nations still existed to attack them. Uh, that was an interesting part of his prayer. But I love the ending of his prayer in verse 12. It says, O oh God, Will you not, oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I, I, um, that resonates with me. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. They set their faces to seek the Lord. Their eyes remained on God alone. They acknowledged their dire situation, but they sought wisdom from God. And then, So again, remember, he's saying this prayer out loud in an assembly of people. And so from that assembly of people listening to the prayer, agreeing with him in prayer, a prophet speaks for the Lord. And this is what God says. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Again, this is where where we get the title of our song. And then in verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. So then what's their response? Well, they fall down and just worship the Lord. They got an answer from God whose face they sought, and now they worship. And just for grins and giggles, use the bite of compare and contrast to see how some people worshiped in verse 18 and 19. And here's a tip. The compare and contrast their posture. Just, just trust me. It's going to be great. All right. The next morning, they get up to go out, and the king assigns official worship leaders And God's holy word says this in verse 22. It says, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had came against Judah, so that they were routed. All right. When they began to sing. I love that. Of course, they didn't know that yet. They hadn't rounded the corner, so to speak. But when they got to the battlefield, they found that not one person was left alive. Two nations attacked one of the three, and then they turned on each other. It's, it's just amazing. You have to read it for yourself. And verse 30 says this. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. So from crisis to fear to trust to worship to victory to rest. What a great account of God's might and faithfulness. And as you read and reread this account, I call it an account instead of a story because it's not a fable. It really happened. There were real men that gave the initial report to the king. There were real women and children in the crowd as the king called upon God and the prophet spoke. The worship leaders put on real garments and really led the army. But that's another bite. Remembering the people described in the Bible were real. As you read and reread this account, you will see details that you may have missed the first time. If you try the bite of storying with a friend, you will find yourself leaving stuff out at first or getting mixed up in the order of things. But the more you read and reread, the more details get lodged in your heart. And I know it sounds a little scary. Before you start, honestly, before you read God's word at any time, you should take the bite of prayer. 
Pray that God will reveal himself to you in the text. Pray that you can remember what you're reading. Pray that you can understand what you're reading. One way to lodge it in your heart is to turn the text into a prayer back to God. That's another bite. Pray scripture. What might that look like? Well, I mean, are you in crisis? It might look like, God, I'm in crisis. I'm afraid. And this thing seems bigger than is possible to overcome. Just like King Jehoshaphat, I do not know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I really hope you take me up on the challenge to take the bite of storying. There is such a compelling account of the power and goodness of God here in this scripture. But I want you to remember that there's a difference um, as you're studying and as you're hiding this and lodging this in your heart, there's a difference between prescriptive and descriptive text in scripture. And the difference is this, a passage is descriptive if it simply is describing something that happened, while a passage is prescriptive it is, if it is specifically teaching that something should happen. So if I ask you this, within the scope of your knowledge of scripture, does God always tell his people that they won't have to fight? Spoiler alert, no, he does not. (laughs) Sometimes they have to swing their swords and get dirty. Some battles saw Israelites die. There are many accounts of God fighting the battle in such a way that the soldiers didn't have to do anything but stand by and watch like like we see here. But sometimes he actually included them and their skills in the battle. And this account, 2 Chronicles 20, describes God and the things he can do and may do in your life. Because he did make a pattern of it from time to time to just tell them to just stand here and watch and I'll take care of this. But it should not necessarily be declared as a prescription for how he will assist you in your current crisis. What is a good prescription is the pattern Jehoshaphat gave us. He fought his fear. He sought the Lord. He inspired others to join him. He listened to the voice of the Lord until he knew what to do. He embraced God's answer and then assembled key players and gave them instructions on what they were to do. And then he experienced the victory of God. To that end, this account is prescriptive while describing an incredible event and describing one way that God answered these prayers. In talking with a friend of mine this week, I'm reminded that it foreshadows how God has won the ultimate victory over sin and death. And all we had to do was stand there and watch. And ultimately, our appropriate response is to bow our heads and hearts to the battle plan and then stand up and worship our way to eternal victory. Which leads me to my next piece of advice. Read the rest of the story. After this, Jehoshaphat allied himself with a wicked partner and the Lord turned against his efforts. I'm reminded of the teachings of Christ when he said in Matthew chapter 24, 13, the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Or what we're taught in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23, scripture clearly teaches that if that we are made right in our relationship with God through the death, death and resurrection of his son. But in verse 22, it says, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. We have been declared righteous. We have just been, we have um, holy and blameless as we stand before him, standing in the righteousness of our Savior. But, verse 23, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. We're called to end well, my friend. For Jehoshaphat, a major national crisis inspired him to lead his people into prayer, but Ultimately, he fell because of an unwise alliance. 
In fact, this battle was a spiritual high for the people, but it wasn't a lasting one. Verse 33 says the people never fully committed themselves to follow the God of their ancestors. Their seeking the face of the Lord was a temporary response to a crisis. But God calls us to a lifelong devotion to him that that leads to our ultimate fulfillment when we see him face to face in eternity. Let's finish well. So what's next? Well, let's become so familiar with the account in 2 Chronicles 20 that you can retell the story to others. The best way to practice this is with a friend. It will take some time and repetition. It will be worth it. It really is a great story. To get the full context of King Jehoshaphat's reign, you might even want to back up in 2 Chronicles to the beginning of his story, or even maybe go a little bit further back and take in his father's story. We all know how our heritage can shape us. Learn from Jehoshaphat and remember that the battle for your soul belongs to the Lord. He has already won the victory. Now, while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat or my public Facebook page is michellekneezat. And let's talk about what you're learning. Big news. I am now a part of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today. Newreleasetoday.com is the most innovative and largest Christian music and entertainment site online. NRT exists to connect fans with all the new releases every week in all genres of Christian music. I'm so happy to be a part of this network. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in. You just submit your name and email address at michellekneezat.com forward slash 30-Day Challenge, and you're in. I walk you through the whole process step-by-step, one day at a time. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Olive from Florida, Lisa from California, Nikki from California, Melanie from Massachusetts, Helene from the Philippines, Kathy from Florida and Vicki from Louisiana. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a really great place to start. You will also benefit from that email that I talked about that I send once a week. And in that email, you'll get a weekly memory resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recaps recap of the week's episode and instant access to some of the extra resources that I create from time to time for my episodes All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, This really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners and gives me some credibility to, to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Alicia, who writes, my youth teacher got us to listen to some other podcasts as I was doing some searching for my own encouraging podcast. Your podcast title stood out to me, and I just had to try and listen. It honestly was God's plan. Your advice and bites have been having me wanting more and have got me interested more in digging into the Word. I can't wait for more and to learn more about the bites and how to use and apply them daily. I'm so excited to hear that, Alicia. God will meet you in His Word, and blessings on your podcast journey as well. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using the song Jesus is Coming Back by Jordan Feliz to point us to scripture. 
If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 367. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.